to send out a search party. Um, you had about two days left, and then we were going to do that, but um, it's good to see you tonight. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. And so everybody else, too. Yeah, there's Barb. Good to see you, too, Barb. Nice to have you here tonight. Nice to have everybody here. Praise God. I'd start calling out names, but I would probably miss a few. So, But tonight we're going to look into uh, Lesson 3.1, Jeremy. Is that where we're at? Okay. It looks like we're on the same page, and that's good. And we're going to talk about God not only as our judge and king, but tonight we're going to talk about how he brings the victory and the unusual ways sometimes that he does that and the people that he picks. Amen. Um, uh, basically, these lessons here that we're going to be covering the next two or three weeks have to do with the book of Judges. And the book of Judges is kind of one of those yo-yo books. Um, it's where the nation of Israel, you know, would serve God and, and they do real good. And um, somebody would raise up and, and, and be a good leader, and then all of a sudden they would just kind of back off. And, um, and so they started down a road of pattern, a pattern like that. Um, I think the Search for Truth Bible study says there were 15 judges. Uh, one of them was a woman whom we're going to talk about tonight, Deborah. But um, the judges were just people that God used supernaturally to, um, to bring uh, and restore order to the nation of Israel. God has always um, um, desired to have a people that would worship him in spirit and in truth. Even in the Old Testament, he, he, um, um, he went out of his way a lot of times with the nation of Israel. He really did. And, um, and just for some reason, they were just kind of bent on backsliding. And a lot of that they caught from the world that was around them. Um, and so um, hopefully tonight we can learn some things from this. That's basically why the Old Testament is still intact is so that you and I can learn some things. We're going to talk about people like Barak a little bit. He was the one that really was the prophecy went forth to lead the people to the victory. Um, I already mentioned um, um, Deborah. She was the prophetess at that time. And, um, and then a guy named, I think his name was Jabin. He was um, the culprit. He was the one that was the Canaanite that was really causing a lot of a pain and sorrow for the nation of Israel, and Cicero's, I believe, was his his um, his right hand man. He was the guy that um, really was cruel. Um, he was just, you know, that's just how he operated. And, and but uh, but God took care of this. We'll look at that here in just a second. But let me read this for you real quickly here. In the early 1900s, the leaders of a newborn aviation industry were all men. Wilbur and Orville Wright. Brothers and Char the Wright brothers and Charles Lindbergh were the big names in flying back then. Uh, but Amelia Earhart, anybody ever heard of her? Yeah, she must have been quite a lady. She changed all that. During World War I, she served as a Red Cross nurse's aide in Toronto, Canada. And during that time, she just got to watch pilots in the Royal Flying Corp train and at local airfields there. And that exposure to flying is probably what burst something in her heart. She just wanted to get in a plane and fly. Well, after the war, she returned to the United States and enrolled at Columbia University in New York as a pre-med student. She had ambition, but she never lost her love for flight. She took her first airplane ride in California in 1920 with famed, uh, uh, yeah, with famed World War I pilot, Frank Hawks, and was from that time on hooked. Well, the next month, Amelia uh, started flying lessons with a female flight instructor, 
Anita Schnook, and to help pay for those lessons, uh, Earhart worked as a filing clerk in, in Los Angeles. She saved up her money and she actually purchased her first airplane and she nicktamed, nicknamed that uh, plane the Canary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was yellow, okay? So she passed her flight test and earned a Nationals Aer Aeronautical Association license, I think that's how that is, in December of the same year. Two days later, she participated in her first flight exposition at the uh, Sierra, Sierra Air Dome in Pasadena, California. And from there, she went on to set several aviation records in her short career. She was the first woman, I don't know if you're aware of this, but she was the first woman to fly solo above 14,000 feet. Yeah, and that was big back then. Um, I could have grabbed that airplane here about two years ago. My, my son and I climbed the 14er down in Colorado. I just realized that. If she'd have flown over us, I could have grabbed that wheel. <laughs> wow, wow, the things you learn on Bible study night, right? Well, 10 years later, she was the first woman and the second person after Charles Lindbergh to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. This transatlantic flight is arguably her most notable record. That's one that it's probably in the books. Congress awarded her the Distinguished Flying Cross, a military decoration awarded for heroism and extraordinary achievement while participating in an aerial flight. She was also the first woman to receive that honor. Later that year, Earhart was the first woman to compete or complete a solo nonstop flight across the United States. She took off in Los Angeles and landed 19 hours later in Newark, New Jersey. So Amelia Earhart worked hard to open up the door for women to become aviators. What has this got to do with this Bible study? Well, we're going to be talking about Deborah. And Deborah was, uh, was a prophetess during the time when women leaders, women, uh, you know, to be used of God, that type of thing was not a big, you know, was not well looked at, let's put it that way. But as I told you before, sometimes when God chooses, when God chooses to deliver and he decides to do some things, he's the one that's going to determine who's going to do it. And so I'm not here um, to argue with either one way or the other. I'm just here to say that we've had women throughout our history that have opened up the door for certain things. And I think we, that is worth noting tonight. And so, you know, I appreciate this Amelia Earhart. She was, must have been quite a courageous woman. But I appreciate Deborah even more in the, in the Old Testament where she allowed herself to be used in Jesus' name. As I said before, the book of Judges is one of those yo-yo books. Um, you know, it's sandwiched between, um, well, you're, we're, you're just getting done with the book of, um, with, of Joshua. You know, Moses and Joshua were very, very um, esteemed leaders. And, and, and again, they were tremendous people. And Joshua in particular, because he was the one that God chose to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And the book of Joshua is main, or not mainly, but a lot of it has to do with conquests. They had to defeat the enemy. Now, God had already told them that they had, but they had to go in and do it. And so uh, Joshua, in his book, I want you to see something here. Turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and let's kind of get a little bit of an understanding of here of what's going on in Jesus' name. Joshua, again, becoming a tremendous leader. And um, I mean to tell you, but, you know, all things pass. And Joshua, of course, 
was, um, um, you know, was, was, was a tremendous man of God. There was no question about it. But he says something here. He says in verse 13, I'm in Joshua 24. Joshua 24. It says, and I have given you a land for which you did not labor. He reminds them that this is God that did this for you, okay? And cities which you built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and, and olive yards which you planted not. Uh, or that ye planted, not do ye eat. It says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. It says, And serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Now this is Joshua's farewell speech. This is what he's telling these people. He's saying, listen, we've had some times here. We've seen some great things that God has done. And let's remind ourselves on a regular basis that, that God has provided this for us. Now, understand, I'm going to stop here for a second and, and, and get us a little bit back on the rail here. We're not talking about physical things here in the New Testament as much as we are talking about spiritual things. That God has already defeated the, this, the, the, um, um, the darkness. He's already done that. Praise God. And all you and I have to do is have faith in him and serve him in sincerity. That's what we have to do. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the word sincerity is an old English word. And somebody told me one time that the word meant, um, at one time in England, it meant without wax. And I thought, without wax, what does that mean? Well, the person explained it and said that furniture makers in England what they would do is they had to work by hand tools. And a lot of times it was tedious, it was long, and that type of thing. And so they would be working on a table or maybe a chair or something like that. And all of a sudden, as they were hand grinding down that wood, all of a sudden they came upon a knot. And really, the, the one who had integrity would just say, well, I guess i got to start all over. But sometimes the, these furniture makers didn't have that kind of integrity. And what they would do is they would try to hide that flaw. And they could do it because some of these guys were pretty good at it, you know. And one of the methods that they would use is they would fill it with wax and kind of varnish over it a little bit and, and just make it look like it wasn't even there. And probably for years they could get away with it. Literally, they could get away with that kind of workmanship. Until one night, maybe at a Christmas dinner or maybe at a, at a family gathering or something like that, and they had the fire going and everybody was a little bit cold, and they decided, well, why don't we eat close to the fire tonight? And so they slid that table or that chair over by the fire, and maybe it was just a little bit too, you know, a little bit close, but to a normal piece of wood, it wouldn't have done anything. But all of a sudden, they look down and they see that wax beginning to drip. And it's because the heat got on it. Well, this is the temptation that sometimes you and I have, you know, when it comes to the work of the Lord. Sometimes we've got to put in some effort, don't we? And sometimes we just want to fill ourselves with things that just aren't, you know, that aren't good, but they look good. And boy, do we have to be careful about that because, you know, you and I are going to get close to the fire sometimes. Sometimes God is going to cause us to go through the fire. And so this is really what sometimes will determine what we're made of in Jesus' name. And so this is what you find that, that, that Joshua's trying to do. He's trying to instill that kind of integrity in the children of Israel. Amen. And that's where thus you get the book of Judges, and you have that, that then, uh, a good portion of the nation of Israel was filled with wax. 
They didn't really want to do the work. They wanted it easy. And another thing that they did was they had a bird's eye view of the world. You know, that's what they wanted. They wanted how the world was doing it. And of course, you and I, we understand that's not the way the Lord wants it, is it? Look at what he says here in verse number 15. He says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, look at somebody and say, you choose. Look at somebody else and say, I've already chosen. There you go. That's what we got to do. Every day of our lives, praise God, we've got to choose this day whom we will serve. And so this is a, a great deal of the repetition that happens in the Christian, um, the Christian lifestyle. That you and I, every day we get up and we have to choose to, to put God first. We have to choose to, to deny some things and, and that type of thing. And hopefully with the help of the Lord, we'll begin to see the victory on that. Praise God, that God will help us to have the victory in Jesus' name. And so again, when you look at the book of, um, uh, of Judges, and that's what we're going to look at here the next couple of weeks, you'll see people like this Barak and this Deborah. Uh, next week, I think we're going to look at the character named Gideon. Remember him? You know, and then Samson. We're going to look at these, some of these guys and some of the things that were in their life and what God used or how God used them to bring the victory into the church of the Old Testament, praise God. And so hopefully you and I, we can find some, um, some nuggets that we can start to um, um, uh, put into our own lives and we can realize if we'll do it the Jesus way, Come on, if we'll make up our minds and choose every day that we're going to do it the way he wants us to do it, there is absolutely no reason why you will not be victorious in Jesus' name. I don't care what it is. Come on, I read that scripture tonight while I was praying in the prayer room. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I'm talking about Almighty God here. And so what you and I have to do is we have to choose Him in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift up your hand right now and just tell Him that you're going to choose Him in Jesus' name. That's it. That's what we're going to do. Mm, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. Can we allow God to speak to us tonight? Come on, this is really one of the questions that we have to get answered right away. God wants to speak to every one of you here tonight. He wants to show you your life and, and what it would be if it was filled with wax. Come on, you're going to get close to the fire sometime, and we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to not have power when we need it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. And so, yes, with the help of the Lord, we're going to do that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And so, again, you know, God called Barak. I think the, um, the prophecy is in Judges chapter number 4, verses number 6 and 7. Let me read that for you. This is the prophecy that went forth. He said, I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon. Sisera. Now remember, Sisera was the culprit. He was the one that was the cruel guy. Um, Jabin was the king, but Sisera was really the one that was doing all the evil stuff back in this time. And he was cruel. I mean, he didn't have any, any heart at all. It says the captain of Jabin's army. So you've got to understand, God's already orchestrated how he's going to defeat the army. He's going to take out the kingpin. And that's why I've always believed in the spiritual realm that there are spiritual 
um, uh, you know, principalities that are in a place that once they're defeated, praise God, the rest is kind of downhill a little bit, but we got to keep it coming in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. And so that's what he said. I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, and his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him unto thine hand. Now that's the prophecy that went forth. But listen to me, folks. This guy, this Sisera, he had 900 iron chariots. That's one of the reasons why he was undefeated. That's one of the reasons why he could run rampant over the world that he was living in because they had built uh, a, a military machine that not, no, nobody, could, uh, nobody could defeat. Now, one of the things up to this time, you're going to find that the nation of Israel was good at fighting the enemy in the, in, in the mountain area or in the uneven plain. But when it came down into the area where these chariots could, could run rampant, that's when they struggled. And so God is saying to this, saying by the prophetess Deborah, that I'm going to lead this guy to this water, praise God, and I'm going to put him in your hands. And so we got to trust in the Lord, amen, no matter what the, the statistics tell us. And so again, this is, this is one of the things that God wants to do, praise God. He wants to help us to listen to the word. Amen, because there's prophecy that will go forth, not only for churches, but it will go forth as individuals. Sometimes God will prophesy to you and say, I'm going to do this for you. If you'll trust me, praise God. I feel right now here tonight just to mention this, and I, I, and I, I just, right now I just got that, so I, I didn't have it in the prayer room. But there's somebody here that you're struggling big time with your finances, and there's something in your life right now that God wants to help you to defeat in Jesus' name. And if you'll have faith in God and you'll begin to, to trust in him with all of your heart, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to see some things happen, happen in your financial world that you have never seen before in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know who it is. It doesn't make any difference to me. Maybe it's a bunch of you. I don't know. But right now, I'm going to pray that you will be able to receive that word in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy that, Lord God, that if we'll trust in the Lord, if we will, Lord God, be faithful in tithing and offerings, if we will not hesitate, but that we will give to the Lord that is due unto his name. I believe that you will not only honor your word, but you will, you will give us the word that is in Mark chapter number 16, where you will confirm your word with signs following. I, Lord God, release that into this place. Maybe somebody online tonight needs to hear that in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, I just release that in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it already in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So again, the word of prophecy is still alive and well in our world today. God is still doing that. Praise God. You might come to a prayer meeting and think, man alive, I, I really had the struggle to come here. But God might give you a word, praise God, in that prayer meeting that might make all the difference for that week. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. So we got to learn to be faithful. we got to learn to take uh, Joshua's advice. Choose you. Come on, that's what the kingdom of God really is all about. It's just making those choices and, and living by those choices in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen? And so Deborah, she prophesied this, and she prophesied that Berwick would be the one, praise God. But one of the things about Berwick um, is that he, he didn't want to go into battle without Deborah. 
Now, I don't know what the deal was, but I mean, that's what it was. And so you're going to find if you read that story, which I hope that you will, that he did go into battle with her, and she must have been someone who could, could, could give faith and that type of thing. And so think about that as we go ahead and listen to this, this video. <clears throat> the Bible is a surprising book. Uh, just when we think we've got it figured out, it kind of throws us a new twist. So in the book of Judges, you have this long list of men who lead. Uh, Bible word would be judge. They kind of sit at the, at the place of wisdom, the seat of uh, decision-making, uh, people that, you know, names you'd be familiar with. And then um, in the middle of the story comes this judge uh, who's female. His name is Deborah who not only is a judge, but according to the Bible, she is a prophetess. Uh, Israel is in one of those periodic times when they are being oppressed and they need someone to deliver them out of their oppression. Uh, Deborah's functioning as a judge, but not as that military leader. And uh, she brokers really a deal with Barak, uh, who who is the, the leader of the military, uh, she inspires him to call together an army and to try to bring Israel out of oppression. And in that whole exchange between Deborah and Barak, you have this, this uh, kind of interesting twist where Deborah asks him to lead the army and he agrees to do that, but only if she will go with him. It's, it's a little different twist on the way in which life usually worked in the uh, young nation of Israel. Deborah rising to the top and a male leader recognizing that there'll be a battle. He'll lead his troops into battle. And if the, if the battle is won, the, the fame for that battle will not go to the military leader, but will go to the leader of the nation who is Deborah. People have often wondered why Barak uh, would have been open to this given the, how life typically worked. And the Bible doesn't necessarily give us insight into Barak's thinking, but but I think perhaps it was that he sensed that God was with Deborah, that she was a prophetess, that whatever that meant, however she heard from God, and he understood that he needed God to be with him to win that battle, to throw off the oppression. And so they kind of team up, but it's a team not of co-equals, but a team led by Deborah and supported by the military general Barak. And together, they bring victory to Israel. Well, they had a little help from another woman who drives a spike through the head of the uh, yeah. opposing general. But to, the three of them bring relief. Two women and a man bring a great victory to Israel. And ultimately, though, it's God who brings that victory. And he uses both men and women to bring his purpose and will about. He does that today, just like he did it in the book of Judges. Praise God. Isn't that the truth? You know, one of the things I think that we are discovering a little bit, um, and I, I see it uh, noted in some of the periodicals that I get and that type of thing, is the team effort. How that God usually doesn't just use one person. How that what he'll do is he'll usually raise up a team of people. Praise God. And so consider that. Maybe that's what the Lord is maybe doing for you right now. Maybe instead of being a one-person army, that type of thing, maybe God is trying to get you to start trusting in other people. Now, I understand this is a touchy item. I, I really do, because you can't just demand that. 
People have to open themselves up. And sometimes, you know, we do get our hands slammed in the door, don't we? But the bottom line is, think about that, how God and how he brought out, I thought was really good, how that God, you know, uses this team effort, praise God, and how he brings together these people that are full of faith and, and ready to do the things that God wants them to do, amen, and how the, that victory was sealed in the name of Jesus. Now, he mentioned a person, J.L., that we're going to talk about probably last of all tonight, but nevertheless, I think it's, it's, it's uh, worth noting, praise God. It says here that Deborah agreed to accompany Barak, but she warned him that the honor for the victory would be given to a woman. Now, she already said that, okay? And it was typical to see men in military and leadership positions, but it is noteworthy to see Deborah as a judge and prophetess in Israel. And she, praise God, she was the one that kind of incited this. Now, I want to sow some seed here tonight because I believe that God is, tr is trying to accomplish several things here. One of them is, is I want you to think about what dis difficult tasks has God asked of you? Has there been times when God has asked you to do something that was not just routine, it wasn't something that you could accomplish right away, but it, was a, it had a little bit of hardness to it? Amen. Do you remember that? Now you think about that and how, you know, how he, in the end, enabled you to be able to perform that. Maybe it was a time when, when he asked you to witness to somebody and, man, you just thought, there's no way I could do that. You know, and then all of a sudden, as you got in the midst of it and in, in the midst of your obedience, praise God, all of a sudden you had things that were coming out of your heart that you didn't have any idea that were there. Now, I believe that's that, that God wants to cause that to happen a whole lot more, that he wants to anoint people, praise God. But the first thing we got to do is we got to trust in the Lord. We got to believe that what he says, you know, and when he tells us something, he's going to do it in Jesus' name. And so you and I, we can, we can take that one to the spiritual bank in Jesus' name. You can trust the Lord, praise God, with all of your heart. And so we think about that. And so think about the dis difficult things that God wants you to do, some of the things that maybe are a little bit out of your character, but, and, but how the Lord wants to enable you. Amen, because he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But it's according to his ability, not ours. And if we can allow his ability to come into our life, I'm going to tell you something. All kinds of things can happen. Now, let's talk about Scripture for just a few minutes here tonight. Because Scripture, in my opinion, is one of the, it's one of the best directions that God gives us. What I mean by that is that, you know, his word is forever established in heaven. When God says it, that's exactly what he intends to do. Amen. Let me give you some examples here. Praise God. Look at Matthew chapter 28. Look at Matthew chapter 28. And of course, this is Jesus Christ himself. And this is um, the great commission that he's giving, you know, at this point in time. And, and he's trying to, um, trying to help us to, or trying to help the church back then to see some things and, 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 and to be comfortable with that. But Jesus says in verse 18, look at chapter 28 and 18. I'm in Matthew. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He goes on to say, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. Everybody say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, I understand that can get us between a rock and a hard place sometimes. 
It can. Believe me, when you start teaching people, you know, the things that, that the Lord has, te- has taught you, man, sometimes you're going to find yourself, you know, maybe even walking on some eggshells. But if we can realize something, that the Lord is going to confirm his word, praise God. He's going to do something, praise God, that maybe you've never seen before. And I'm talking about a hard task right now. That might be a hard thing for you to do because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You don't want to, you know, feel contrary or any of that type of thing. But if we could just go ahead, praise God, just like Deborah prophesied. Come on, go in the battle. Now, one thing I'll give Barak some credit for, and you can read this in the story there in the fourth chapter of the book of, of, of Judges, is that he was able to rally some men around him. Amen. He rallied, I think it was, Naf- uh, uh, it's an N-word, uh, the, 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 what was it? Naphtali, I believe it was the, 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 the tribe of that. And there was one other one. Out of two tribes, he was able to rally 10,000 people. Now, come on, he had, some, he, he had some skills. Amen. He wasn't going into the battle by himself. Now, another thing that you're going to find in the book of Judges, especially in this situation, is it doesn't really tell us how they defeated the enemy. It doesn't give us all the details, but it just says the Lord went with them and kind of confused them. And like the Lord does a lot of times, you know, he causes the enemy to run. And so think about that. This is something that I want you to consider in some of these harder tasks that the Lord is going to help you with. Praise God. Because there's some people in here that that's what the Lord is going to prove to you. He's going to prove to you that he's not only the God of the easy situation, but he's the God when it gets kind of hard. And because the Bible says here in verse 20 there, it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Do you see that? He doesn't leave us, even until the end of the world. Can somebody put an amen on the end of that? Amen. That's what you've got to trust, that the Lord isn't going to leave you. He's going to be there, praise God. And this is when you're going to begin to see what, you know, what he can really do in Jesus' name. Let me show you something else. Let me give you another scripture, praise God, that will help you to understand you know, how the Lord operates, praise God. Turn to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 1, and let me give you another word from the Lord. It's in his Bible, so we can take it for face value, can't we? Praise God. Look at this, Philippians chapter number one. The scripture says, um, he says in verse number three, verse number, chapter one and verse number three, we're in Philippians right now. Paul says this to the church there. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, He says, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. You know, Paul was thanking them for fellowship, that he could sit down with people and have a meal, and he didn't have to worry about people cussing or telling bad jokes and stuff like that, where he could just sit down and have fellowship. Can somebody say amen to that? Praise God. But look at this. This is what he expresses to them. And I, want to, I hope somebody's ready to receive this. He says, being confident of this very thing. What is that? That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Doesn't that go right along with the scripture we just read? That I'm never going to leave you. I'm always going to be there. Now listen to me, saint of God. God has begun something in your life. And he has the intention, praise God, to complete that project. 
And that's up to you. What do you mean, Brother Carnahan? Keep making those good choices. Keep listening to the Word of God. Keep turning to the Lord, praise God, with all of your might in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, praise God, He is going to perform it in the name of Jesus. Come on, I feel that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is here tonight to confirm that in somebody's heart. Praise God, that He began something in you. Praise God. He already told you that He was going to do that. He already, maybe in being specific, He's already told you that He's going to win those people to the Lord. And all you got to do is show a little bit of boldness when you teach that home Bible study. All you got to do is begin to tell people what the Lord has done in your life. And I'm going to tell you something it's going to open up some doors in the name of Jesus, it's going to begin to melt some hearts. And I'm going to tell you something that's not wax. That's what the Lord does. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to bring some people into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Oh, hallelujah. Do you want to know why? Let's do two or three. You know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Well, listen to what the word of God says in, in the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3 and verse number 9. The Bible says there, it says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Come on, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. Can you say amen? Let me give you an example of that. How many here have ever spoken other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance? Come on, let me see your hands. Praise God. Well, there you are. You want to know why you could do that? It's because God promised it. The promise is unto you, unto your children, or to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And praise God, it doesn't make any difference what the skeptics say, praise God. God still confirms his word with signs following. Come on, as we read the book of, of Judges, praise God, one of the things that we can be determined is that, God, with your help, I'm going to keep making good choices. Now, I might fall, but I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to keep on doing the things that you want me to do in Jesus' name. Come on, does somebody in here have that kind of determination? Why don't you just lift up both of those hands right now and give that message to the Lord. Tell him that I'm not giving up anymore, God. I'm going to keep doing those things that you told me to do in Jesus' Jesus name oh hallelujah praise the name of the Lord in Jesus name wow Whew. what a mighty God that you and I serve praise God and you can count on that in Jesus name praise God praise God praise God so we've talked about some characters tonight we talked about Barak, who was the one that rallied up the troops. He was the one that was going to lead those troops in the battle. We talked about Deborah. Deborah was a, was, a, uh, was a key person here. She was the one that was listening to God, and she was the one that prophesied. She said, listen, the Lord's going to do this. This is what God's going to do. He's going to lead that scoundrel to that river, praise God, and we're going to defeat him in Jesus' name. And you just watch, you watch that in the book of Judges as you read through it. You're going to find a lot of times that there's a key person. That when that key person is defeated, praise God, the enemy just all folds. Just begins to fold. And so this is why the Lord sometimes in the spiritual realm will lead you into spiritual battle. 
So with his help, that you can defeat those spirits in the name of Jesus. You can put them under the blood of Jesus Christ, and you can begin to have the victory in your home in the name of Jesus. And anytime they come back and knock on your door, which they will, you can just say, I'm not answering, praise God, because they're not welcome here anymore in Jesus' name. And you can defeat the enemy every day, every week, every month, and you can begin to have your confidence restored in the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's what God wants to do. We talked about that evil king, Jabin. You know, he was probably just typical political guy. You know, he was just trying to appease the people and all that kind of business. But he was defeated, praise God, when his henchmen got defeated in Jesus' name. Praise God. But the last person we'll talk about here is a, is a, is a gal named Jael. And I don't know her. I know the scripture doesn't give us a whole lot of information to her. But again, she had to, you know, she had to have some grit. She had to have some, you know, some, some trust in the Lord. Because you've got to understand, this guy, Cicero, he was feared. He was. I mean, this guy had quite a reputation. You know, you're going to find that a lot in the Bible. You know who he reminds me of, Cicero? He reminds me of that nine-foot giant. Anybody know what his name was? Oh, Goliath thought he had it. Praise God. And no doubt, you know, Goliath, like Cicero, had kind of a good track record. You know, you got to understand, folks, this didn't happen one month and then the next month this came down. This is 20 years. 20 years that the nation of Israel is under this tyranny. Praise God. And, you know, did they have to wait that long? No, but the bottom line is, is that's one of the patterns that you're going to see in the book of Judges, is that they did wait. And what did they wait? God waited for them to start calling upon him and start having faith in him, and that's what would begin to get the action taken, taken place. We're going to, you're going to see this more, a couple of more times as we study this particular book, okay? And keep that in mind. You don't have to wait 20 years. You don't even have to wait another two weeks. You can begin to have faith in the Lord and begin to start making good choices tomorrow. Tonight, by the way, you can do that. And those choices are going to open up the door to where you're going to get more acquainted to the things of God and you're going to be able to defeat the enemy in Jesus' name. Well, let's look at Judges chapter number 4 here. And I'm going to start reading. Let's see if I can uh, confine where that's at. You know, the Bible says the prophecy went forth in verses 6 and 7. And so, you know, this is what it was. And so we see in verse number 10, that's Barak. He's calling Zebulon. That was the other tribe. And Naphtali, you know, and he was able to get, you know, some men together and that type of thing. And, and, and so the Bible says, you know, that, uh, that um, um, they, they begin to resist Cicero. And you want to know something that I've, that I've thought about a lot? You know, you've got a lot of this world today that really is, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to be a judge here, but I'm just being observant, is there's a lot of people out there that really don't resist the devil. They really don't. You know, they're just letting him into his, letting his system into their home. He's just, you know, letting him influence their kids and all that kind of business. And what does the Bible say to us? You know, I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to get you a verse of Scripture that I hope that you will take to heart today. I hope you will, you, will, you will underline this in your Bible and you will say, this is my homework, praise God. This is what I am going to do. 
The Bible says in, in James chapter number 4 and verse number 6, it says, but he giveth more grace. It says, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then it says in verse number 7 there, it says, submit. It says, what's that? Okay, go for it. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. And then what's the next marching order? Come on, that's what you and I have to do, and that's what he calls us to do. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, just like Sisera. You know, you get somebody to go out there into a battlefield and begin to resist that, I'm going to tell you something, it'll make all the difference in the world. Oh, man, I think I just hit a nerve here tonight. There's several of you right now that you, that's what God is calling you to do. He's calling you to put up a good defense system. He's calling for you to put on the whole armor of God. He's asking you, praise God, to, to start using some of his weapons. And he's telling you to resist the devil and what's going to happen. That's exactly. You know, when you go to Judges chapter number 4, and again, like I told you, it doesn't give us all the details of this, of this battle. But I got a feeling that maybe for the first time that Sisera is looking at some real resistance. And I'm going to tell you something, that makes all the difference in the world in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, the Bible says, and I'm going to fast forward here because we're just about out of time here. Look at verse number 15. You can read these other verses at your leisure. But the Bible says the Lord discomforted Sisera. Praise God. And the word there literally means defeated. That's what it means. And the scripture says, and all his chariots, remember those 900 iron chariots that he was real proud of? Well, when, the word, when, when God comes onto the scene, it doesn't make any difference what the manufacturer's name is. And so the Bible says, and all his hosts with the edge of the sword before Barak. And so that Sisera, he said, lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. Do you see what's happening here? He defeat, his army is being defeated, and Sisera, he's, he's hightailing it. And the Bible says, But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto that place of the Gentiles, and all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. And so howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of jail. There we go. Now we're talking about somebody here that's, you know, in, as far as the world's concerned, might have seemed pretty insignificant. But watch this. The scripture says, The wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin and the king of Hazar and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her un into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. Boy, she's setting him up. And the scripture says, And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk. What is, does anybody know what happens when you drink milk right before you go to sleep? It helps you to go to sleep, doesn't it? She knew exactly what she was doing here, folks. That's what I want you to understand. The Lord purposely led the enemy right into her tent. And you know what the good thing is here? She knew exactly what she needed to do. Now watch this. The scripture says he gave, she gave him the drink and covered him. She, he's getting all warm and cozy there. And he's got a full belly right now. And the Bible says, and again, he said unto her, stand at the door of the tent, and it shall be when my, 
man doth come and inquire of thee and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say no? And so the Bible says, Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent. Look at this. And it says, And took a hammer in her hand and went softly into him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground for that he was fast asleep and weary and so he died. Do you see how she did that? Now listen, before you get all worked up tonight and have some nightmares or whatever the case is, I, we're, we're talking about the spiritual realm here. And I believe the Lord wants to help you to defeat these spirits. And I believe the Lord wants to help protect your home, praise God. And I believe that God wants to give you a hammer, praise God. He wants to give you a nail. It was the one that he was nailed to on the tree, praise God. And his blood is what defeats the enemy in the name of Jesus. I know this sounds gross. Listen to me, folks. You know how many times I have thanked God that I don't live in the Old Testament? Somebody said it one time. The Old Testament has a lot of blood and guts in it. Praise God. But you must understand when you weigh out the ramifications and the battles that are being fought in the New Testament, praise God, there are some far more significant wars that are being waged. And that's what you and I must understand. We must understand that God doesn't give you a hammer and a nail and tell you to go ahead and, and kill somebody in your house, that type of thing. But what God is doing is he's, he's showing to you that when a person in the Old Testament, you know, did what the Lord, did the bidding of what God wanted them to do, I'm going to tell you the results were there. And Sisera, whether you believe this or not, I hope you believe it, Sisera needed to be defeated. You want to know Why? Because even though all of his army was, was, was defeated, you know what Cicero could have had the ability to do? He could have had the ability to go out and get himself a whole new army. And then they would have had the same problem all over again. Now listen, I believe I'm talking to somebody here tonight, praise God, that God wants you to defeat that, army, uh, that enemy that's in your life right now. It might come in the, in the form of an addiction. It might come in the form of something that you know you're doing wrong, that you know that God wants to do it, wants to do it right in your life. Come on, is anybody in here ready to take a hammer and a nail in the spirit and to put it through that, that enemy? And it, oh man, I feel the power of God in this place tonight. You're in the right place tonight, saint. You're in the right place. God knows you. Come on, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Come on, let's not forget the word of God that says what he began in you, he's going to complete it in the name of Jesus. And then we read that scripture that said that he's not slack concerning the promises that he gave to you. Come on, does somebody feel like getting out of that seat right now and coming down here to this altar? Come on, and laying some things down in the name of Jesus? Come on, we got a few minutes. It's only just three minutes after eight. We don't have, it doesn't take a whole long time as long as you and I have got our minds made up in Jesus' name. Come on, let's get that hammer and that nail out tonight in the spirit. And let's defeat the enemy in the name of Jesus. Come on, you can pray that prayer. You can pray that prayer tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, the enemy has been defeated, praise God. Come on, oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, this is what the Bible says. We sing about it. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how it's done in the name of Jesus. What you're doing right here tonight is exactly what the Lord has called you to do. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, 
Come on, I'm telling you, the enemy has been defeated. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, the enemy has been defeated. In the name of Jesus. There you go, there you go. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Whoa. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that enemy has been defeated in Jesus' name. Been defeated in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, I'm telling you right now, tonight, this is your night, saint. This is your night in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and lay your hands on the person next to you right now and pray for them. Pray that God will give them that strength and that courage right now. Come on. It's the enemy's been defeated. Jabin's been defeated. Sisera's been defeated in the name of Jesus. Come on, if a little old, a little lady like Jael can, can do the bidding of the Lord, come on, saying, I'm telling you, you can do the same thing. No, yes, come on, receive that from the Lord, that what he began in you, he's able to complete. Receive that from the Lord, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Come on, that's not God's style. It never will be. Never is going to be in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, that's right. Come on, you can, you can trust the Lord with all of your heart. You can start doing what the Lord wants you to do. Mm, hallelujah. Mola, muyalabokaha In the name of Jesus. Yeah, let them receive that. I come.